In today's day and age, there's always going to be haters. Welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the money podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Stephen Husky, owner of Husky Financial Consulting and Wealth Management. Our goal is to help leaders accumulate wealth and empower them to build the life they deserve. Each week, we interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that is building a thriving business with community impact. We ask tough questions, learn the habits they practice to build successful careers, and discover a secret they can pass on to help others build their businesses. It's time to talk money, meaning, and maximum impact. Hello and welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the go-to podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs hoping to learn more about achieving financial wellness, accumulating wealth, and building the life they deserve. In every episode, we either interview a purpose-driven leader or a medical professional that's not only building a business, but giving back to the community as well. We're not just here to talk about money. We also want to talk about meaning and maximum impact. Today's guest on Portfolio Pulse is Sophie Thien. She is the award-winning people management expert and author of the upcoming book, The Soul of Startups, The Untold Stories for How Founders Affect Culture. It's a can't-miss resource for company founders, entrepreneurs, managers, executives, and startup professionals. So glad to have you on today, Sophie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to you know, dig, a deep, uh, dig a bit deeper. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I think you might be our first global guest on the podcast. Can you tell us where you're at today? Yeah, for sure. I'm in Portugal in Lisbon um, this week. I've just been out here. I'm usually based in London. I'm, I'm out here. I was just telling you earlier about um, being in a community kind of catch up that we do every three months, which has been very therapeutic for me. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your book, how you got started in that field and where your uh, expertise in, in all of this comes from. Yeah, for sure. So I am a startup founder coach, however you want to call me. Um, and the book basically came about um, me have been operating in the HR space, predominantly in the corporate world first, at least in the first five years of my career. Fast forward 10, 12 years later, um, in the last seven years, I've pretty much been working in the startup space as both an operator and also building out cultures, HR teams, and working very, very closely with the founders and CEOs and deciding what's best for people and then eventually building out um, leadership teams and then, you know, hopefully all in all collectively wanting to build great, sustainable, culture-driven companies. Amazing. So you took your experience from previous companies where you were working and then you decided, you know, there's a lot of people who need to know all this knowledge. I'm going to put it in a book and it's going to be just a step-by-step, -step, you know, culmination of what they can learn as a startup company owner. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all in all. Um, and the book is basically written all from the point of view of a HR operator. So very, very much useful for, you know, both sides of the coin, obviously, and um, very useful for HR operators who have been tasked to build out great cultures for a company. But we all know that, you know, it's not a sole uh, responsibility on their own. So this book is hopefully going to be helpful for them to go and have this framework for them to build better companies together with their leadership. And the other hand for founders also to hopefully learn from you know some cautionary tales or some you know great success stories as well in terms of how their um, impact and how they eventually affect the entire culture of startups just by just behaving the way they behave so yeah sounds like you're really a big proponent for creating really strong cultures not only with 
the C-suite executives, but the HR folks and even the employees who work there. So how do founders know when there's work to be done around creating a better culture in their company? Yeah, so I think I think for me, it definitely came from me, obviously being an operator in the startup space, as well as being the employees. And I've always kind of felt like there must be a better way in doing this. So for founders itself as well, I think you hit a point, you realize that, you know, your company needs to be very unique from your competitors. That's what, you know, that's what makes you stand out in front of your competition. But at the same time, how you treat people should exactly be the same way as how you treat your customers. And ever so often, you know, as an entrepreneur, even including myself as well, you kind of forget that treating people is also equally just as important, you know, as as driving the business forward. And I think it all goes hand in hand. At the same time, we've seen so many, you know, trends and patterns out there in terms of articles, there are countless of articles you can read that how a culture ultimately affects the way um, your company grows, how fast it is, how how slow it will be as well. It all comes part and parcel of people being your best assets. You know, there's a saying that says your company is your people and your people are your company. So if, if startup company owners and CEOs and all these folks realize that they can grow their company by first understanding what's important to their people, listening to them, letting them know their opinion is valued, they can really make a big drastic change in their culture to where everybody's on board. They're engaged with the company. They feel like the mission of the company is theirs also. You know, how can these managers and executives work with these folks to to create that type of culture? Yeah, so that's exactly the point that you 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 made, right? It's it's about collectively building this culture together because at the end of the day, when you think about the word culture, it isn't about you know how a founder or CEO behave or how one singular um, manager behave. It's all together, how the company behaves, how we react to certain situations, how we make an emotional decision that are non-biased and make these fair decisions for the greater good of the company and driving it forward towards a singular um, mission, right? So, so for for leaders and and managers, at the end of the day, it's really understanding the difference. This is what I always tend to because I'm also a coach. So this is what I always tend to first things first make sure the founders and the leaders understand that there's a significant difference between being emotional and have empathy ever so often we're being called you know oh you're you're being too emotional in making these decisions actually not I just have empathy towards the people and towards the decisions I'm making because of um, how I would understand the snowball effect even before before it even happens I can preempt this kind of uh, risk especially before making you know uh, very important decisions that will impact people the way they work and creating these kind of work environments so for managers and leaders it's really you know it really comes down to how much empathy they have do they understand that this is the work environment they want to create because it works for them and will it then also work for the people that is um, that it's part of the journey very well said you know I know as a, as a coach with these folks um, can you give us an example of some some CEO or C-suite or or even a small business startup of of who came to you? They were struggling with how to move forward and how you kind of helped break the partition between what they thought they could do and what actually was was a viable option for them to grow the company. Yeah, so so usually they are smaller startups, so they're either starting out um, and they have had maybe one or two um, incidents in the company where pe- they are starting to feel that people are not exactly the happiest. They are some people who are feeling quite frustrated. But um, I do wanna I do wanna point out that most of the time. 
when I get approached as a coach for these founders, it's not necessarily because they are struggling. It's simply because they want to be a better version of themselves and then become a better leader okay. um, for their company. So it's it's really changed now the landscape. You know, as as compared to maybe a couple of years back, we we would be talking about you know um, some cautionary tales, and it's almost like okay, you need to go and fix this problem. But it's really not treated that way now. I'm I'm really really glad to see that the landscape has changed and more and more leaders are becoming um, more proactive and wanting to just go, I want to build a better culture. I want to build a better environment because I think this is going to be helpful and I want everybody to be on the journey. So some small startups, um, you know, I'm operating in, in the European space. For example, there are some small startups um, which I'm currently working with. Boom um, comes, my, my engagement with Boom comes from a founder who is who is extremely passionate about the culture that he wants to build as well as building out an environment that suits him as well as suits the other people. And we're talking about, you know, creating a culture that is still collective all at the same time um, being completely distributed. So it's it's really nice to see that founders are now stepping up to the plate. You just reiterated and echoed a message I've been pressing and hammering down in my messaging to these business owners for a long time is, you know, get started now on on issues that you think may impact your business in the future, being proactive is much harder than being reactive because business owners want to keep their head down. They want to grow the business. They want to put their hands in the dirt. And while that's all great and well, and you actually send a good message to your employees when you do that, it's going to be harder for you to see where the business is going. Like you don't see a captain of of a ship with their head down and at the floor. You see them looking all around and making sure that they are taking every avenue that they can and avoiding dangers and risks. So I really appreciate the message that you're sharing. Yeah, I think I think leaders have a lot to do, but I also, as part of the book as well, I really wanted to kind of pay that tribute back to leaders and founders because I want to make note that it is actually as entrepreneurs, it's a it's a fine line trying to balance, you know, the the, the growth of the company versus being a, um, an empathetic uh, leader as well. It's not that easy to do both jobs. Whereas, you know, if you're an employee, you have one job to do, and that is to deliver the certain deliverables that has been given to you. So, I think we we ought to give credit back to leaders and entrepreneurs that it's 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 a very difficult uh, job to balance, but at the same time, it's also very lonely. So, you know, hopefully, this book also kind of opens up the understanding that. It's 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 difficult, but it can be done and you're not alone. I mean, it feels like we have ESP right now. I was literally getting ready to talk about how lonely it is at the top sometimes. You know, you feel like you're kind of in an island by yourself, but you can delegate. You can ask for opinions of others. You can make them feel like, you know, they're right up there with you. Um, what would you say the main job of, of a, a startup company uh, a business owner is? I mean, my impression of it is that they are the brand ambassador. They are responsible for the growth of the company and the PR of the company. And then number three, they're responsible for the growth. Like they, they, they should really be talking about connecting with centers of influence and getting their message out there and controlling the narrative. What other things do you think these small business owners um, should be doing in order to grow and, and keep their culture intact? Yeah, so that's a great question. So like I always say, you know, we we especially operating in the HR space, we keep saying these things where we want to create a flat hierarchy, you know, or hierarchy doesn't really exist. But at the end of the day, as a company grows, the pyramid is is always there and it just continues to expand from a bottom, uh, from a from, from a bottom shelf. So I think it's really important to notice that 
leaders have many, many, um, have many circumstances that are untapped, but at the same time, how they behave, which is also part of the research that I've been able to bring together into the book is um, leaders behave a certain way because it's circumstantial or because they're environmentally influenced. Think about, you know, as being a business leader or a business owner, you've got pressure either from your investors, from your clients, all together at the same time, you've got, you know, you've got your employees giving you pressure as well, because everybody, every, every, every angle has that particular demand that you may or may not be able to kind of fulfill all throughout um, the entire journey. And so I think it's really important for leaders or business owners to realize that they are circumstantial. This is, you know, if, if you have made a mistake in, in maybe terminating someone or if you've made a mistake in making one of these calls, it's not necessarily because you are a bad person. And I think this is very important for us to recognize because anybody can turn into a business owner. And if we go around thinking that we're a bad person, we shouldn't start a business. We wouldn't be where we are right now. And I think we should encourage more of this journey. But like I said, you know, I'm a big fan of creating the right communities and creating the right support system. And that also kind of leads me on to why I decided to be a coach rather than, you know, continue to operate in the space that I was operating in the last decade. This kind of, that's a really good point you made. And thanks for sharing. This kind of brings me to a story that I saw on LinkedIn about two weeks ago, where there was this in my opinion, kind of a tone deaf CEO who showed a picture of himself crying for having to let go some employees. What was your perception of that post? There was a lot of hate. And then there was also some mm. people who were ad- admiring his emotional side and showing that, you know, CEOs are people too. What was your perception of that? And how could he have maybe done better? Yeah, I think, would would, would we be able to do that better? I think probably no. I think in, 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 in today's day and age, there's always going to be haters and there's always going to be people <laughs> who support it. I really think it comes from the lens of where you're looking at this from, right? If you have been personally as well, if you have been in a company that you have gone through burnout and you never really felt, um, you've never really felt treasured or valued by a certain company. And when you look at a situation like this, your immediate reaction would be, this is probably not the right thing to do because at the end of the day, I have been through emotions and I have been through um, founders or leaders who can show me empathy, but at the end of the day, I have still lost my job. I think more importantly, we all need to take a step back and really think about the economic crisis at the moment. It's happening to all companies, whether they are the best companies out there in the world, every one of them is kind of doing some of these maybe cost cutting or you know, making their companies a lot leaner and making their companies a lot um, more efficient. I do believe that the narrative, however, towards that approach should be a lot more honest, if I'm being perfect, uh, perfectly honest, right? It needs to be somewhere around we have had to do this because we needed the company to survive. And unfortunately, there are going to be some uh, sacrifices that we will have to make for for the company to continue to go on. And I think having honest conversations, unfortunately, become this thing where it's so difficult for people to do. And you would think that when you were growing up, you know, it's okay to just say, oh, I I fell down and this, this, this is hurtful. I want to make sure next time I don't do this anymore. But as you grow older and as you go through more and more of these challenges, it becomes more difficult for you to say, sorry, we could have made better decisions in the last six months before we get to the current stage. And I think that's exactly what needed to happen rather than, you know, painting a whole picture around, I'm also human and I also have emotions. I think it would be foolish for us to just think 
everybody's not human because we know it. We sometimes just push it back at the back of our head so that we don't come across this in, un, this emotional decisions because it makes it easier for us to process. Yeah, there was so much uh, vitriol and everybody's a critic, you know, so I guess for those business owners, you know, you want to keep their head down, keep all the outside noise out, but still listen to people like consultants who come in and say, here's how we can help grow your business. So things, that's kind of where you come in. This is a money podcast, Sophie. So I'm going to ask you a couple money questions real quick and maybe your experience with that. What is your relationship with money and what have you learned along the way that's really benefited you and your business because of your relationship with money? Oh, um, so money, my relationship with money has always really started off being um, just all about security. But I think in the last few years, having started my own coaching business, it's now become sort of turned into a means for me to kind of go to my next big thing. What is what? What am I going to do? So I kind of look at it as I'm reinvesting in myself each time. Every time I earn something, I reinvest it in myself so that I can either you know prolong a certain project or do bigger projects or maybe write the next book. I don't know or use it to even you know further my research and what I've been planning to do or or read around um, startups and creating these programs. So for me, the relationship has really turned in the last few years to be something that becomes a means for me to get to the next thing rather than just all about security. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool. You know, it's actually the currency with which we experience our lifestyle. And yeah. I think if people were more organized with it, if they have a bigger, bigger purpose for each dollar that they're generating in wealth, they can see it as, as, as that, what it is, it's a tool. So um, that's, you know, again, my message is just like be, be purposeful with it, optimize it to its highest and best use, reduce costs, increase your ability to grow. Um, all of those things come with the right level of, of protection as well. Like if you don't have a will, if you don't have a power of attorney, even all those things protecting you and your family, you should definitely have that. But enough of my soapbox. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. What is it that you'd like our listeners to know about you, Sophie, your business and any upcoming events or, or things that you're promoting right now? Yeah, so um, most of, well, basically my whole life lives on my website. It's just sophietd.com, so it's quite easy to find. Um, but if any any of the listeners are aspiring leaders wanting to build a business or just really wanting to understand how the inner workings kind of um, work in startups, especially, you know, startup is usually this thing where people talk about how exciting it is. You go into a startup, it's fast paced and all of that but it's also got its downside. So feel free to check out the book. Um, it's also got some cheat sheets for leaders as well to be, to, to try and help them, you know, build better, better companies. But at the same time, I would also encourage them to use that cheat sheet to find a better version of leadership in themselves, because I think it really starts from them first. Wow. So you actually have like work, work stuff in your book that they can use and they can think about um, items as they're reading your book. That's pretty interesting. You're giving them a platform with which to do it, make it easy for them to do it. Um, yes. a couple more questions for you is, is, um, you know, list the top five changes that founders can make today to immediately begin to create a more nurturing, uh, culture in their business. Yeah. Top five. Um, well, let me think first things first is, um, have more honest, uh, conversations for sure. Number two, um, really spend the time to understand why the demands exists from your people so you know if they're saying that they want more benefits truly understand why this is the case is it because they couldn't pay rent that's something that you need to address three really work collaboratively with your leadership team to come up with a united front or a united strategy of this is what you want the company to look like sound like um and feel like because ultimately that 
that very output is your culture. Then definitely lead by example. You know, don't say one thing, do the other. I think that's really, really important. And then finally, going back to what I was just saying, um, is find a better version of uh, being a leader yourself first, because I think it would be foolish to take other people on the journey before you truly understanding what kind of leader you want to be. I like those points. That's the top. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the one about walking the walk and talking the talk. You know, it's it's hard to do that. And I think it's important that you listen to your folks when they're pointing out an issue. You know, back when I was a leader in the banking world, I, I used to take offense to it. It's like, who are you to talk to me about this? But then I'm like, I, you know, I need to, I need to use that and be a better person and be a better leader. What is your purpose, Sophie? And what lasting legacy do you want to leave in your community? Um, twofold. Um, I'm a bit greedy that way. Um, coming from the HR space and have been operating in the HR space for a long time, the very nature of being in HR sometimes means you, know, you always have front row seats or have deeper insights into the mechanics of what makes you know founders, leaders kind of tick. And I think HR has a really, really good opportunity to change the landscape if they truly want to do so. Um, if HR can work with leaders to call out their bad behaviors, their poor mm -hmm. behaviors, and very quickly also offer cost correction, because it's not enough to call them out. I think it's far more important to call them out and then give them solutions and then work together on, on these things so that all these cautionary tales can be avoided, issues don't arise. And also, however, if we choose to continue to stay in the background, I think, you know, with this privileged insight, we're not going to make, make full use of them. So for me, I would definitely urge any person working in the HR space to be courageous enough to call them out, but also very quickly offer cost correction or solutions. And I think it's kind of like a sandwich model, right? Not just point out the bad, but give me something else in return. Yep. And I think that will go a really long way. Um, on the other hand, um, as what I was mentioning earlier as well, entrepreneurship is very, very lonely <laughs> and, you know, can sometimes also bring, um, often bring the worst out of ourselves because we, we, we have these untapped circumstances. We, it's completely influenced by people around us. So I think one of the main things that the research from the book has really taught me is leaders' behaviors are not exactly or directly an output of their innate personalities. And I think we really need to recognize this. Let's not call it personalities anymore. It's simply just their very way of reacting to a certain situation that they've not been trained for and or may or may not have support systems. So if you are leaders and you are entrepreneurs starting your business, however big or small, realize that there are people out there probably doing the same thing, going through the same thing, and it's totally okay to reach out. I kind of find it funny because, you know, more junior people are now starting to reach out to more senior people, right, to ask questions. Can you mentor me? But you find it really difficult in people who owns a business to go, I, I may need help too. So sometimes I, I really can't find the correlation, but I guess also you don't have enough time in your hands. But I do want to say that you want to put yourself first if you want to run a, a much better business. Agreed. And, and so I think your purpose and impact, if I can summarize that, is to have these leaders read this book and understand the innards of what it takes to be a good leader who can listen, take criticism, yet course correct, and then also implement those changes so it affects your positive uh, company culture that you've worked so hard to build. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you also mentioned um, before I let you go, as you think that these HR folks should offer solutions when they point out a problem. That's that's super 
my wife tells me all the time, like, don't just point out something, make sure you've got a solution when you talk about it, because otherwise people are going to think you're just nagging on them, right? Like you got to uh, exactly. offer that solution. So is it important though, that these HR professionals and these leaders have a conversation about these future conversations around pointing out problems prior to that being pointed out, because it could be an issue and, and the CEO or whomever could take it the wrong way? Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to the relationship, right? Like, as I was saying earlier, when you have front row seats, and you have such a deep insight, and most of the time, you're working in tandem with your founders, your CEOs, and your leadership. And so I think because of the nature of that intimacy in that relationship, I see no reason why you would create boundaries for no reason, which is, I want to find a better way of giving you feedback. Rather, it should have just been well, this is the relationship and this is a natural dynamic already. So I'm going to give you feedback, but let's talk about how to um, let's talk about how to resolve these issues rather than, you know, spending time circling around how my feedback was probably too brutal. At the end of the day, you know, HR operates and services both the employees and the company. So I think more and more leaders should recognize that we're in a very hard space ourselves as well because we want both sides to be happy. Well said, Sophie. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Where can our listeners reach out to you? Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, so definitely find me there. I'm also on Twitter, um, just Sophie Teen, um, at Sophie Teen on Twitter. And um, you can also find me directly on my website, which is um, sophieteen.com. So it's S-O-P-H-I-E-T-H-E-E-N.com. Yeah. All right. Thank you again. And uh, listeners, if you have any questions, reach out to me or reach out to Sophie directly on her website and Thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Portfolio Pulse. If you found this helpful and think others deserve to hear about us as well, please like, subscribe, and share us across any platform on social media or your podcast platform of choice. That's it for today. Remember to be happy, stay healthy, and tune in next time to remain financially fit.